Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This past year has been hard, and this past year, plus insomnia or sleep trouble, makes it even harder. I'm pretty sure we could all use some help in this department. Whether you're dealing with stress, anxiety, just plain old insomnia, Not getting adequate or quality rest affects everything and it can really magnify other issues. I am not my best self unless I get around eight hours of sleep. And I was really struggling with this last year, particularly in the fall with school. And I began using Ned Sleep Blend and it was such a game changer for me. Sleep Blend is a natural path to steady, consistent, and deeper sleep. The tincture blends CBN, a powerful cannabinoid that promotes sleep with CBD made from the world's purest single source, full spectrum hemp oil, and organic and wildcrafted botanicals used in traditional sleep remedies around the world. Don't worry about the cannabinoid. All of Ned's products are of the absolute highest quality and will not get you high. This was really important to me. They share third-party lab reports on their site, so you can rest assured you know exactly what you're putting in your body. The CBD is grown on an independent farm in Colorado and is gently extracted, so it is super pure. And now for the first time ever, Ned is giving away complimentary sleep blend samples exclusively to you guys, my listeners. They are so confident in their product. They're giving it away. All you have to do is pay shipping. So the first 200 listeners who go to www.helloned.com slash blondefiles and use the code blondefiles will get to try the Ned Sleep Blend sample at no cost. You guys, it's amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. And this is such an amazing thing that they're doing. So If you're listening to this episode way after it aired, don't worry, you can still get 15% off your first one-time purchase or 20% off your first subscription purchase using my normal code, which is BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E. But if you're listening to this real time as it comes out, go to helloned.com slash BLONDEFILES, that's B-L-O-N-D-E-F-I-L-E-S, and use the code BLONDEFILES, B-L-O-N-D-E-F-I-L-E-S, And let me know how you slept. It is pretty amazing. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all and live your best life. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I have fan favorite and my favorite registered dietitian, Vanessa Rosetto, back on the show. Vanessa, like I said, is a registered dietitian and the co-founder of Kalina Health, and she has over 10 years of experience as an RD and serves as the dietetic intern director at NYU, and she's amazing and we love her. So we just dive into your burning questions about everything from certain diets like high fiber F factor type diets. We talk about supplementation, food combining, intermittent fasting. We talk about Tom Brady's diet, JLo. We talk about restrictive diets that omit entire food groups. And then we get into a lot of the emotional aspect around eating. So binging, cravings, stress eating, and how to approach food from an intuitive place. Vanessa keeps it real, which I just love and appreciate so much. She doesn't act like she has it all together just because she's a dietitian. And we really need more of that. We we really need to acknowledge the struggle. We talk about how we all have this deeply ingrained narrative around food. So kind of owning up to that and accepting it and accepting our habits around how we eat is the first step towards real change. You know, there's no shame in this. We all deal with it. So please enjoy the episode. Okay. Welcome back, Vanessa. I am so excited to have you on. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. You too. When did we last do this? Like last summer. Crazy. On the one, it was like, it was such a long time ago. And on the other hand, it's like, here we are still. Exactly. Still stuck inside. (laughs) Okay. Well, we got tons and tons of questions as we were just talking about. So I really just want to dive in. And if anybody is here who hasn't listened to the first episode that we recorded together, definitely go back there and listen. We may cover some of the same stuff. We may cover completely new stuff, but we go really in depth there on a lot of the topics that people were really interested in. So today we're just going to do more of like a Q&A. And fire off your questions. This is everyone's opportunity to have access to you, to a dietitian. Um, so let's start with some diet questions. And a lot of people wanted to know about certain diets that are trendy right now, what's myth, what's not, which we covered yeah. in episode one as well. But a lot of people want to know about food combining. This is something that's very popular, especially among the Instagram set. A lot of don't eat anything except for fruit until noon. Someone just told me about that one. Don't <laughs> eat, you know, fruit and something else together. I don't really know because I don't follow it. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so food combining isn't necessarily a new thing, but you know, like we've we said before, is like nutrition needs to be sexy and like gimmicky for people to feel like it resonates with them. Um, but you know, you want to eat foods to stabilize your blood sugar. Cause that's really the name of the game, right? If the blood sugar is stable, then you're not craving, you know, junky carbohydrates like cookies and, you know, things that are digested very quickly. So this whole thing about like, don't eat the fruit until 12, that's not, we don't have enough data on that, but pairing like a fruit with nuts, for example, and not just eating the fruit with just the carbs, like that, that is right. Right. Because if you were just to eat fruit by itself, it would, even though there is a little bit of fiber in there, it just gets digested quickly, spikes the blood sugar, tells the liver, make calories, store fat. If we paired that with 15 almonds, you wouldn't have that same effect. So that's the thing. And the, and what's happening is that people are 
stabilizing their blood sugar. So they're not as hungry and they don't seem to be having to be very restrictive and they're able to lose weight. So it's like, now it's novel, but it isn't really isn't. It's just like how people should really be eating to begin with. Right. And then there are rules that are like, don't eat like meat with starchy carb or something like that. I mean, is there any validity to that or to the same thing? Here's the thing, nutrition studies, like we said the last time, nutrition is a new science. We've only been studying nutrition for the last like 70 plus years. We can skew the data for it to say whatever we want it to say. And these studies, like studies like that are not longitudinal, like they're not over 20, 30 years. So we did the study for 12 weeks on 90 participants. And we saw that if you didn't eat starch and protein together, you had a greater rate of weight loss than those that did, but what is all the other stuff? What did those people do throughout the day? What were they eating at eight o'clock at night when we weren't looking? So those studies are not necessarily, not that we can't refute them, but we can't hang our hat on them either. So from my vantage, eating the right amount of carbohydrate or starch with your protein and also, you know, your non-starchy vegetables is the way for your metabolism to be working. So I don't necessarily omit the starch. It's, It's like hard and fast that it's going to work for everybody. Right. Okay. So another popular diet, and we don't have to get into all the drama, but I think this kind of happened after we did our last episode was the F factor diet. Um, very, very high in fiber. I don't know a whole lot about it. I didn't really follow all the drama, but high fiber diets in general, what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, like we need fiber, right? We need fiber because it draws cholesterol away from the body. The more fiber you eat, the more regular you move your bowels, the more weight you can lose. Excess fiber though also isn't good. Sometimes it could cause blockages and constipation and maybe, and then, you know, diarrhea. So now you're dehydrated. So we need to find like that middle ground, which I think is standard for everything, right? Like don't like keto, you don't need to be eating 72 ounces of steak and mounds of cheese, right? There's a way to do it in the, in the middle, but yes, general principles of eating more fiber throughout your day helps. It helps to maintain satiety. It helps with weight management. So we all, we know all of those things to be true. Mm-hmm. And what about like supplementary products? And again, not necessarily a factor, but these like very high fiber powders and bars and, and crackers and all of that. I think what happened with that diet and and from what I've heard um, from people who follow me who have done similar diets to this is that, you know, they use fiber as a way to like stave off hunger yeah, um, and eat kind of like these volumes instead of eating regular yeah, food. Yeah. yeah regular food. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with supplemental fiber, right? Like Some people, you know, like maybe you have an allergy to fruit, which is like something that has been popping up because people, the way we process food. So maybe you can't get as much fiber in for the day, or um, maybe you just have like issues with constipation. So you need that extra fiber for whatever reason. So getting it from a cracker or a bar or having a shake in your day that has added fiber is not terrible. The problem though, as we know, is like if you're having those powders, (laughs) breakfast, lunch, snack, and then this tiny little piece of protein and zero starch and just like a few pieces of lettuce that a problem makes. So, you know, it's that whole extreme thing. I 
know you are all obsessed with skincare as much as I am. So do not fast forward because this is a game changer. So I'm sure you've heard of Kula. They pioneered healthy sun protection and they make the actual best sunscreen, okay? The award-winning sun drops, which are probably the best I've ever used. I think we can all agree that it is so frustrating to try a sunscreen you've heard amazing things about only to have it like roll and pill and smear your makeup. And these do not do that. They're actually such a good primer or you can mix them with your moisturizer or foundation. They are sheer, lightweight, broad spectrum SPF 30 and They have Kula's full spectrum 360 degree technology to help mitigate the effects of blue light, infrared rays, and pollution. So you will love those, but Kula also has a great barrier cream fortifying moisturizer that uses ingredients like sea kelp and blue algae to boost hydration and help fortify your skin's natural barrier. And then one of my other favorites is the Vital Rush Skin Renewal Serum, which revitalizes stressed skin skin, which hello is me. So if you want to give your skin what it's really craving, check out Kula Organic Skincare on Kula.com. That's C-O-O-L-A.com. And they are giving you guys 10% off your first order with the code blonde. That's B-L-O-N-D-E. Again, Kula.com with the code blonde. A lot of people asked me too about supplements in general. You know, it seems like there's a lot of debate over whether we actually need them or if we can get everything that we need through diets. And there yeah. are, you know, there's so many like hot topics now, like hormone balance and gut health and, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. So I work with a lot of people who are doing a lot of research on supplements and probiotics and those things, right? So the verdict really is still out. We don't 100% know how the probiotics work. We think we know what a healthy gut looks like and we think we know what probiotics works, but but work, but we don't 100% know. Is there anything wrong with taking a probiotic? No, not everybody needs one though. So, you know, you could try one and if it makes your stomach feel kind of weird, don't take one. I mean, me, I don't really take supplements, not because of anything, but like I never remember. And I do eat vegetables and fruits. And so, yeah, like this is America. You're not food compromised. So if you eat a varied diet, that's like not overly processed, you should be okay. Everybody really is deficient in vitamin D. So taking a vitamin D supplement, well, not you because you live in California and you see the sun, but us on the East Coast, <laughs> we need uh, a little bit of vitamin D. Uh, so that's definitely good for you. Nothing, you know, having some vitamin C, but like eat a red bell pepper. You don't need necessarily to take a pill that you're going to forget to take and then it's going to go bad. So like, who cares? Right. Um, and also like not knowing like where the supplement comes from, cause they're not regulated by the FDA. We can get some medical grade ones for you. Um, but you're going to have to talk to a practitioner and not just like go on Amazon and guess. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a very overwhelming industry to navigate. And, you know, out here, I know people who take 50 supplements a day and I'm like, <laughs> never, I, mean, I can get down with like, taking one yeah no that i feel like may fill in any gaps that i might have in my diet on any given day 100% but- yeah but also like save your money every time somebody comes to see me they're like what supplements should i take i'm like i don't know vitamin d they're like you seem noncommittal i'm like i don't know you you eat food you should be fine <laughs> like, don't go crazy yeah 
So you mentioned peppers. I got a lot of questions about nightshades. What's the deal? Ooh, on eye roll. <laughs> I just, there's just like so many, like so many gimmicks, right? Like, okay, like nightshades, like maybe if you're perimenopausal or, you know, it's going to affect the way that you break things down and then you won't be able to lose weight and it's so bad for you. And you're like, okay, but is that a hundred percent? Like, we don't really know. And then people are like, I don't eat nightshades. I don't eat this. I don't eat, I don't eat eggplants. I don't eat tomatoes. They're like, really? Cause you're missing some good antioxidants, some good minerals, some good phytochemicals. So I don't know that you necessarily need to do those things. And I'm not saying that hormone imbalance is not real. I'm not saying that foods don't affect you in, in a way, but it's not everybody. It's not hard and fast. If that was the truth and that was 100% yes, then we would all be doing that. And this would be a world of people who are all the same size <laughs> because we figured out the secret. <laughs> It's hard. I feel like it's hard when you're when you're going through issues and you don't know what to do and you might not be working with a professional and you're seeking guidance from like Instagram. I know because I did that years ago when I was having gut issues and you know, I I just started taking things out and people make it seem very appealing like you said, you know, and and I look at somebody and I'm like, "Oh, well they seem to have it together and they're not eating grains. And then this other person isn't doing gluten and dairy and sugar. And then this person isn't doing nightshades. So I'm like, Oh, nightshades that you want it to be like the magic yes. thing, you know, and we'll talk a lot about, you know, dieting and, and that kind of mindset and, and restrictive mindsets and all of that. But I talk about this a lot and, and people are very interested in how to get to a more intuitive place. And like, I always say, when I got to that place, when I stopped taking things out, that's when everything changed. Yeah. Because you then decided like, Hey, if I'm going to have a piece of cake, I'm going to have a piece of cake and I'm not going to feel some kind of way about that. And I also don't feel some kind of way that I'm not eating the cake every day. Like that doesn't mean I'm being restrictive. That just means I'm listening to my body and how that makes me feel. And so having the cake on Monday was great and that's fine. I don't feel guilty about it. I feel fine. I'm not, I don't care what the scale says, but maybe I'm not going to eat that cake again for the next two weeks, or maybe I'm going to eat it every single day and I'm going to be okay with that. So I just think that because there's so much noise out there about like body positivity, don't count calories, don't eat whatever you want. And like, but people do still need some little framework because it's hard to navigate. And just like you said, you see someone who tells you they're doing this, that, and the other thing, and they look so great and they seem happy on, on the gram. So I'm going to do it too. <laughs> but you've only caught up to them at the end of their journey. You don't know about the beginning and the middle and what it took for them to get there. And you don't know if they're still struggling every day. Yeah. Yeah. I feel personally, even though I'm at this place where like my relationship with my eating and my relationship with my body and myself is the best it's ever been but that doesn't mean that it's perfect. And that doesn't mean that I don't have that voice sometimes. And that, you know, I didn't feel shitty about myself for 30 seconds the other night when I ate way too much chocolate, you know, these kind of things, it's like a slow process. And there was so much work to get there. I mean, it took years to get to where I am now. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I went through that. I'm glad that I had the periods of restriction and, and all of that because you learn from it and then you learn what truly works yeah. yeah. And, and what you just said is really important. Like that you overate chocolate and for 30 seconds, you felt shitty about it. Right. Like, I think that people 
tend to forget that most people are like struggling with their bodies and their intake on any given day. Like even the other day, I went out with some mommies from the school or whatever. And this one woman (laughs) was like, I don't really eat because I really like to drink. And so I stopped eating at five o'clock so I could drink alcohol. And that's why I'm so skinny. And I was like, because the other woman was like, I'm so overweight. I don't know what happened. Like I turned 40 and then this and that. And it's like, I was like, well, you know, it's like hormones and maybe you want to watch like the alcohol intake and the sugar. And we want to see like, you know, it was just like giving her like some easy tips. And this woman was like, yeah, no, I just, I rather drink alcohol. I don't care about food. I stop eating at five so I can drink. And I was like, exactly. This, this is exactly it. And I, I don't care. I'm not judging her for that, but it's just like, This is the prime example, because if you saw her walking down the street, you're like, whoa, you have four kids. You're like a size zero. You look amazing. You seem happy. Like everything seems great. But like inside, you're like, oh, I can't eat that because I want to have a glass of wine later. Yeah. Yeah. For now, I always find it interesting. Like if I go to lunch with girlfriends or I'm around a big group of women and there's food involved, like everybody does have their own shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do so deeply ingrained. Like even when you do reach a place of, you know, being able to eat intuitively and all of that, it's still there. It's still there. It's crazy. It's like, how do we deep program from that? I don't know that we ever do, but it makes me kind of sad to think that, you know, I can look back as far as like being 13 years old, 12 or 13, when I first was aware of like how my stomach looked, you know, and I was a twig at the time. crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. And I also think that you see these influencers who are like very into intuitive eating, et cetera. And I don't think a lot of them talk about the fact that they still struggle. I think they just talk about like free yourself do and like, great, but also guess what? It's totally normal to feel like shit. Oh, and by the way, we're in a literal mental health crisis globally. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> So shit is real right now, guys. It's okay. Eat, eat, eat. Do what you got to do. Um, feel bad. This is like normal feelings. And I think that's also a problem because you're just looking, like, I think we are programmed to look for reasons to feel bad about ourselves. I don't know. I blame my mother, but it's, it's a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's the thing. We have to just be like kinder to ourselves. Yeah, definitely. There's always so much mom stuff, isn't there? So much. So much. Know. Every Yeah. Every day I'm like, trying like my daughter. I'm just like, feel your feelings. Tell me how you feel. What is- <laughs> Let's talk vitamins. So Vanessa and I were talking about them in this episode, talking about how there are so many now that it's just so confusing when it comes down to what to take, why, and when. And I get asked all the time what supplements I take. And to be honest, I like to keep it really simple, like what we were talking about. I cannot take 20 different pills and there's really no need to. So I love Ritual the most for a few reasons. First, they have nine nutrients that help fill in the gaps in my diet. They use the highest quality ingredients. They are all traceable, so you know exactly what you're putting in your body, which is very important. They're very clean, no artificial colorants or fillers. They're vegan-friendly and gluten-free, and they have a minty flavor, so I'm not getting that weird supplement aftertaste, especially with omega-3s. 
Ritual vitamins also have a delayed release so I don't get nauseous when I take them. And this was always my big problem with supplements. And it's one of the reasons why I don't like to load up on a bunch of different pills a day. So with Ritual, I take them and I'm fine and they just have everything I need. I feel good knowing that I'm, like I said, filling in any gaps that there may be in my diet. I'm not perfect. I have days when, you know, I just eat protein bars and <laughs> it's good to know that I'm getting all of those essential vitamins and nutrients. So you deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering you guys, my listeners, 10% off during your first three months. Just visit ritual.com slash blonde to start your ritual today. That's R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E to start today. So around the kind of emotional aspect of eating, a lot of people asked how to control emotional eating or how to manage it. Well, first of all, you have to acknowledge it, right? Like if every single morning you're waking up and you're like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like last night I ate a whole bag of Doritos, <laughs> like a whole Costco bag, shit. And then like, I'm not going to do that today. And then you like start your day, you do this and you do that and everything is perfect. And then the nighttime comes again and you eat a sleeve of cookies. And then the next day I'm going to do it. Okay. So now you have to say, I think I might be emotionally eating. Okay. Now I have to decide like, what are the triggers? So like, Maybe it's the fact that you're super controlled all day long. And now when you sit down, that's your time to have release, right? And so like your kids went to bed, maybe you don't drink alcohol, everybody's quiet. And now you just went and you took something over and you just became mindless and you're not even thinking about what you're doing. So it's a time to like reframe, reshift, call a friend, sort of be in, t in tune with who you are, but that's a lot of like inner work. You have to, not saying that you need to like go get a therapist, although I, I'm always like, I feel like everybody just, that should be like part of the thing. Like you out in the world, you need to talk to somebody. That's it. <laughs> Once a month, <laughs> get it together. But like you, you have to really understand who you are. And I think that's a big part of the problem is that people don't understand who they are. People don't give themselves any leeway. People shame themselves all the time. People don't believe that they can do better for themselves. So I think it's first being honest with yourself and saying like, Hey, I overeat. I overeat. And I overeat at these times. Cause if it's the same dialogue that you're having all the time, then you are already like aware and right. then you can just like start reaching out. You don't have to reach out to me. You could reach out to a friend. You know, everybody has that one friend that'll hold them accountable and be like, hey, I need help. Like, I think I overeat. Like, maybe we could talk through this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know, I know it sounds so maybe stupid, but it's not because you might call somebody and they'll be like, yeah, I'm feeling the same exact way. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't sound stupid. I mean, I think that, yeah, being honest about it, it's like any addiction. Like I can think about my alcoholism and my addiction. When you finally talk about it and it's not secret and you can acknowledge it and you can accept that it's real and you can maybe talk to somebody else who's having a similar experience, like so much of the power and the, the hold that that has over you is taken away. Exactly. And then there's like no shame about it, right? Like. Uh. 
it's like, oh, you have a problem with alcohol? Like, so does like 85% of the world. <laughs> like, that's not even, that's true, right? Like, and when you stop drinking, then you start to see like other people are like, you don't drink? Why don't you drink? What? Tell me about it. Like, they're curious too, because they're at some degree where it doesn't feel good, right? And it's the same thing about food. Like, oh, I noticed that when we go out, like people say to me all the time, I noticed that when we go out, you don't drink and you only have dessert like sometimes. And I'm like, well, if I drink alcohol, I won't sleep for a week. So alcohol for me doesn't like, it's not worth it because I don't want to be tossing and turning. So it's just like not in my life. Okay, fine. And what about the dessert? Like, well, I really love dessert and I have it a lot. And I just feel that when I'm out, that's where I could overdo it. That's where I could eat like all the donuts that came to the table. So I'd rather not do that there because there are other people and I just want to like let them do their thing and I'll have it elsewhere. People are like, oh, and I'm just like honest about that. That's how I feel. Like whatever, but whatever you want to do is what you have to have to do and want to do. And I think when they see like, I'm a dietitian and I'm a real person and I also have real struggles and I care, I care about the way that I look. That's another thing. I think that people try to say that like, if you are intuitively eating, you don't care about the way that you look. That's bullshit. <laughs> I am a woman. I have children and a husband and my face is out there in the world. I want to know that I look good. Yeah. I love that. And, and that's okay. Yeah. I just had um, Dr. Paul Jared Frank on my episode, on my podcast. And he said something like, uh, caring about the way you look is a reward for how you take care of yourself or something like that. I can't remember. I'm totally butchering it, but I was like, Oh, I never thought about it that way. Like we're always, we're kind of the messaging is that like, if you care about how you look, it's vain and it's problematic and it can certainly get to that point. Sure. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with caring how you look. Like when I tell my daughter, like, please brush your hair before you leave the house. That's not me making her like oversensitive about her appearance. I think my daughter is beautiful, but like, you have to be neat when you leave the house. (laughs) You have to. And, and I just think, especially for like me and my friends, you know, like I'm 42 and that's like a punch in the face that happened like very fast. Like, cause you're going through life, like I'm young, it's great. And then you turn 40 and things just shift a little bit. And, you know, we're all active and all of these things. And even like one of my friends the other day was like, do you think people judge me because I get Botox? I'm like, it's prophylactic. <laughs> like you, this is for us. We have to do this. And people are like, you talk about that like so freely. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to look good. And if those things make you look, feel good and look good, like great. Yeah. Do yeah. what's right for you. So much at your fingertips now too, when it comes to all of that. I mean, yep. God for Botox. I'm a little younger than you, but I'm still like, sliding into my mid thirties and I'm getting to that point where I'm like, wow, I am not going to be 26 forever. Unfortunately, yeah. like it's actually happening. Holy shit. It's happening. It's like my yeah. dialogue a lot. I'm trying to get over it because I know that I'm, it's, young and I'm never going to be this young again. So I don't want to waste it. That's right. That. <laughs> Enjoy your life. It's always just so funny too, to see, um, other, like you see like younger people and you're like, Whoa, I used to look like that. <laughs> like, and like, it's some, it's so stupid where it's just like their cheeks are higher. <laughs> like, you know, like even my son, I see his face. I'm like, look at how your cheeks are so high. <laughs> my cheeks are low because I'm getting older. It's like it's things, but also one of my really good friends owns a med spa. So he's like, oh. give me nutrition and, you know, and I'll give you Botox. I'm like, it's a fair trade. I love it. <laughs> That's an 
ideal situation. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I talk about all things beauty here, but something I don't ever touch on is teeth. For some reason, this is just not a sexy topic, but clean teeth are so, so important. And I don't mean perfect teeth aesthetically. In fact, I really like smiles with character and imperfections, but to me, a healthy smile is a perfect smile. Personally, side topic, I paid a lot for my teeth, so it's critical that I take the absolute best care of my mouth as I can. I use a Bruch electronic toothbrush for a number of reasons. First, it was designed by dentists with sonic technology, so I'm getting that just left the dentist clean feeling with every brush. It's the best. And the six different modes and built-in timer removes plaque and stains easily and ensures that I'm brushing for the recommended time. Most people with manual toothbrushes actually don't do this. It's also gentle on the gums, which is really important to me because, again, side topic, I had gum issues from some dental work that I had done a few years ago. And finally, it just looks great. I have the black one and I really like how it looks in my bathroom. You know, I'm a visual person and I don't like to have a big eyesore just sitting there on my vanity. My brooch looks sleek and modern and it just maintains that design aesthetic that I like. Bruch will also ship you new replacement heads every six months so you're never stuck using a worn down brush head and they have a great deal for you guys. You can get 15% off your toothbrush kit and refill plan when you use the promo code BLONDE, that's B-L-O-N-D-E, at bruch.com. That's B-R-U-U sh.com. So again, that's 15% off using the code blonde, B-L-O-N-D-E at bruch.com. Okay. So back to the kind of emotional eating stuff, a lot of people struggle with binge eating and cravings and compulsive snacking, and it's kind of probably all in the same realm. So what would you recommend around that? Well, I think that people binge and over snack because they restrict. So all these people are like intermittent fasting and they're like, oh, my neighbor intermittent fasted and lost 20 pounds. So I'm going to do it too. And then they'll come in and they'll say, I intermittent fast. I don't eat until one, blah, blah, blah. I'm really good. And then at night I can't control it and I eat so much chocolate. And I'm like, right. Cause intermittent fasting is not working for you. So you need to cut it out. And they kind of look at you like deer in headlights. Cause they can't believe you're saying that to them, but it's true, right? Like the data is showing me that you have a hard time. And it's the data also shows that people who intermittent fast versus people who eat a varied diet and front load the carbohydrates, they lose the same amount of weight. So it's okay if intermittent fasting works for you and that just works for your lifestyle. It helps you. You're not a morning person. You don't like to eat breakfast in the morning. That's no problem. But 90% of the time, people who are binge eating like that are people who are restricting in the day. They're restricting carbs, they're restricting calories, and then they can't deal with it at the end of the day because every cell in your body craves glucose. In the absence of glucose, your liver will make glucose. It's called gluconeogenesis. It takes time to get into ketosis. So this is how your body is designed. Also, like if you're exercising, like many of us do move around, we're trying to be mobile in this pandemic when you're stuck inside doing all these home workouts, going on long walks. Like how are you going to sustain 
the day. So it really comes from, from restriction. There are the rest of us that some of us that have like trauma or whatever. And then the binge eating just helps with like a coping mechanism. And that's an entirely different thing because maybe they are totally satiated and it's just there, they have triggers. So like we have to explore those ends and maybe you're a combo of the two, but you got to figure out what you are and then like do the work around it. Right. I did unfortunately get a lot of questions around carbs. People are still scared of carbs and understandably so because they are kind of like vilified. So there were two parts. People asked about carbs and then somebody asked if, I guess it's not really related to carbs, but like if you can only lose weight, if you're restricting food groups like carbs and if you're hungry. If, okay, wait, they are asking if they can only lose weight if they're restricting carbs and if they feel hungry. That's like the the indicator of weight loss. I mean, feeling hungry is not ideal. That does not work for me. I don't know if it works for other people, but that is horrible feeling. Yes, if you restrict, you're going to lose weight because you're restricting something. You're restricting a major food group. So if you restrict carbohydrate, that's a lot of calories and nutrients and whatever that you're not getting. So you got to get it from somewhere. So your body is going to use the stores. So in theory, yes, you should lose weight, but that's not sustainable. So then I had a girl over the summer, she lost 30 pounds on her own, restricting. Now she's gained every pound back and she's having a really hard time around just eating like a varied diet that has like fruits and vegetables because she's rebelling. And she's like, well, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, I think that you just need this time to do this because you were so restrictive over the summer months. So it's the same kind of thing. You don't want to be doing that because you can't do it long-term. And if you are doing it long-term, there's this whole like mental component here that you know, we have to talk about because now you're going to move into this disordered eating, eating disorder world that is very hard to come back from and kind of an exhaustive place. So let's not get you there. Carbohydrates. I feel like I said this the last time, like in the eighties, everyone ate carbs and our obesity numbers were less just saying. (laughs) So but the thing is, is that carbs are one slice of bread, a third of a cup of rice, a half a cup of peas. Like even though I, I guess like the intuitive eating people would say like, eat as much of them as you want. But I think there's a middle here, right? Like if you look at it from, I always say like the diabetic exchange is the most flexible way for people to eat. So what is considered a carbohydrate load that would raise your blood sugar? That all really depends on how sensitive you are to insulin. But most of us, our, our pancreas is working properly. So it would probably like one to 30 and a slice of bread is 15 grams. So one slice of bread shouldn't be difficult for your body to utilize. So if you thought about it that way and thought about it from a way of blood sugar stabilization, you could fare better and like really, you know, work in that, in those confines and say like, okay, yeah, I can have a starch at breakfast, a starch at lunch, a starch at dinner, a piece of fruit, and maybe even like a chocolate after dinner, like, or a little bit of ice cream, like you could get there. And if you were having good amounts every day and you weren't restricting, it wouldn't be this novel thing that you had to eat like 12 donuts when you saw that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was the biggest thing for me was like reintroducing the food groups that I had been restricting or that I deemed kind of off limits. Yeah. And I probably did kind of swing pretty hard the other way and, and do a lot of it and maybe go a little overboard <laughs> at some yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and people ask, like, if you're intuitive eating, how do you find 
what your body really needs and how do you not go overboard? Like, how do I not eat the whole pizza or whatever? And again, like I can only speak from my experience. Maybe you can talk about what you've seen, but for me, it, it was, again, it took time and it took trial and error. And I liked what you were saying earlier about like really knowing yourself. And I talk about meditation a lot. I won't do it on this podcast because I know people check out, <laughs> but I will not stop my mission. But when I started doing that, then I really got to know myself and my thought patterns. And that was when it like really changed for me because I could sit in my body and feel real, real cues, real hunger cues, real energy cues, all of that. That's when I like all, that was kind of like the final puzzle piece for me. Well, meditation connects you to source, right? It makes space in the brain. It allows you to actually like feel what's around you. And so meditation is huge. And when people think about meditation, they're like, I can't sit for 30 minutes in silence. You're like, okay, just try five. <laughs> yeah. It's not, and I, but I think that's what you, what you just said too, right? It took time. Everything takes time. You think you're going to go from eating whatever the fuck you want, pizzas, boozing it up, not exercising to like now, like lettuce and water and, you know, timed interval meals. Like absolutely not. (laughs) It's not going to happen. So like, you got to try one thing at a time, really slow. And then when people come to you and they're like, I drink soda every day, so I'm going to stop doing that. And you're like, that's, let's try like, you're going to have it every other week. Mm -hmm. So I think that if everybody kind of decided on the one thing that they could really execute. Maybe that one thing is writing down everything that you eat for a whole week. That could be really hard for you. It could be sitting in the silence in the morning every day for five minutes. It could be making sure that you have a green vegetable at lunch and at dinner. It could be only having one serving of ice cream at night instead of two. Mm -hmm. Then at the end of the week, when you saw that you did that, you could be like, okay, now I'm going to have the serving of ice cream every other day. Nothing was going to happen if I still have it every day, but let me try every other day. And oh, I did it five times this week where I didn't have it. Okay, that's great. And like appreciating the wins. I had a patient the other day and she lost two pounds and she was like, I'm really disappointed. I'm like, really? You ate tiramisu every night and drank a bottle of wine last night with your friends. Two pounds is pretty good. <laughs> like, when? <laughs> And she was like, oh, I was like, I do not know what you're following on Instagram, but you need to come back to reality. (laughs) And then I always say to you, if you lost two pounds every week for the next 10 weeks, where will you be? 20 pounds down. She was like, wow, I didn't think of it that way. Huge. Yeah. I think we just have this like black and white, all or nothing mentality. Yeah. We have to be, we have to be perfect all the time because we're comparing ourselves to everyone else. And that's really exhausting. Yeah. Let's see if we have any kind of rapid fire questions that we could do here. Are there any good late night snacks that you like? Wait, I'm like really feeling these in this enlightened caramel pretzel ice cream girl. They were a sponsor of my podcast. They are delicious. It has like eight grams of fiber. So you have like, you just put a little bit in a bowl and then you feel full, but it's so delicious. And you have like your little bits of chocolate, your little bits of caramel. That's a killer one. I'm into it. Oh. Highly recommend. Everyone was probably waiting for you to say a handful of almonds. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> like when I eat, when I eat almonds, they get like stuck in my teeth. I get so mad. I'm like, this is why I don't eat this. 
saw the funniest meme after the Super Bowl. Um, and it was something about, it was about Tom Brady and it was, they were like, someone get this man an extra almond. Yes. <laughs> <A break>? yes. <laughs> yes. I saw another one too. It was like the many phases of him. And it was like, I just drank my water. And it's like him, you know, from like 2006 to today where he's like so spelt and it's like, it's so crazy, that guy. I think he allegedly, I spoke to a doctor friend of mine. I think he had jaw surgery. Or a really, or filler. Yes, I think he's done filler. I think he had a nose job. I think he had jaw surgery because his chin is shorter and his jaw is narrower. And that can happen like when you're, when you get a little bit leaner, but he was always lean. Yeah. Like actually shrink like your bone structure. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's so funny because, and I think that's like a really good point, right? Like y'all don't have Tom Brady money. Yeah. So don't try, like Tom Brady is selling a cookbook for 200 bucks. Get out of here. <laughs> like, can you ask me if I could ask you your thoughts on his, his, quote unquote method, the diet. I, I think it's actually like, it's like unethical for him to have this method that he is like selling at some extreme like amount where, and it also like, it's unattainable for the regular person. And like, it's fine. You have money, you can do things. I get that. That's no problem. But think of all the people that look up to fucking Tom Brady. Does he really need to be selling a cookbook for $200? No, he don't. Can he just like get on Instagram and like make his method available? I don't know. Like charge like $10, $50. Like I get it. You need to make money, but you have plenty of it. And it's so difficult for people to be like you. It's also like, you know, my homegirl JLo, I love her, but girl, just olive oil. Stop it. Oh my God. I know. Stop. Just stop. But then, so now people are like out here getting Cola Vita. I mean, Cola Vita stock, go buy it. But like, just tell us, just right. tell us. Cause we, we think that there's something wrong with us and we will never be you. She probably has people that like slap food out of her hand every day. And like, you know, they do her hair, they do her makeup. She, you don't have that kind of money. You don't have those means. You don't have these, this team of people behind you. So you have to stop comparing yourself to these kinds of people. So I just think like this Tom Brady method, it's not, um, it's not a method. He just like zhuzhed up the shit that I just said on here. (laughs) Y'all heard it for free. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. We'll do part three talking about celebrities. <laughs> oh my God. I will like, it's like, I'm obsessed. Like when I was younger, I'd just be like, let's watch, let's read us. Like, I can't, like, I can't wait to watch the Britney. I'm like to my husband, do we have a Hulu account? He's like, relax. You can watch it later. I'm like, I gotta see this. It was very, you'll have to let me know when you watch it. We'll discuss. Okay. okay. Like, oof. She got, they did her dirty. They did do her dirty. They did. She was a meal ticket. Yeah. Poor girl. <laughs> um, where can everybody find you? See, we always have so much fun. I love seeing you. Um, Vanessa Rosetto RD, Kulina Health, Bon Appetit Magazine. I was just in that. That was funny. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on again. Thank you. It was so good to see you. hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. 
Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.